the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I'm alive. Yeah, I missed three days last week. I was sick. Thanks for all the cards and letters. Uh, It was an interesting week to be sick with what I thought might have been the flu. Uh, I'm in that age group can be that you know can be in a lot of trouble uh, if you get the coronavirus. So with everything that I've been hearing in the media, I thought there for a while last week that death was a pretty good possibility to consider. I also wondered if I should keep my sickness to myself, you know, to keep the uh, the health department from showing up at my door and taking me away to be quarantined somewhere. Now I'm not a doctor. But I, I, I don't know. I just have this feeling that the coronavirus thing is a little bit overblown. Not because I know more than the doctors, but because I think I know the media. And because I think I know what happens when the media and the politicians find something that they can glom onto that will help their agenda. And this is coming along at a perfect time. A few months uh, before an election and after impeachment didn't work. Again, I'm not a doctor, but here's a guy who is. Dr. Stephen Hotz, telling everybody to calm down. Hello, this is Dr. Steve Hotze. I want to warn you about the mass hysteria that's been created about the coronavirus. Don't worry about it. It is all media hype. It's fake news. Let me explain. Worldwide, there are 80,000 cases of the coronavirus, the new coronavirus. There's Coronavirus has been around for centuries, and they... They morph every year and have different strains, just like the flu virus. There are different strains of the flu virus. In the United States, yesterday, February 26th, the CDC said there were 14 cases of the coronavirus. The CDC also reports this flu season there have been 35 million cases of the flu, and there have been 25,000 deaths. You haven't heard anything about that, have you? Last year, there were 61 million in the United States alone. 61 million people had the flu, and there were 57,000 deaths related to flu illnesses. So, and we had 14 cases of the coronavirus. And San Francisco has declared an emergency, and it has no coronaviruses. And they got 8,000 people sleeping in the streets, homeless, defecating and urinating in the sidewalks. What are these people thinking? They've weaponized the coronavirus, trying to blame it on Don Trump. Give me a break. Nobody can keep yourself healthy and well and can prevent from getting the flu or any other virus except you. And what can you do? Make sure you're taking a good multivitamin with B-complex that contains high doses of vitamin A. You need to be on 1,000 milligrams minimally of vitamin C per 25 pounds of body weight. If you weigh 150 pounds, take 6,000 milligrams. If you weigh 200 pounds, take 8,000 milligrams a day. If you get sick, double the dose. Add in 1,000 milligrams every hour until you get stool intolerance and back off. I would take 10 to 15,000 of vitamin D3 uh, supplements every day. If you get sick, I'd take 50,000. Uh, international units daily for at least four days. That will strengthen your immune system, as does vitamin C. Cut out your simple carbs. Sugar depresses your immune system. It depresses the white blood cells, which help you fight infections. Don't be worried about the coronavirus. It's media hype, and the Democrats want to use it to try to run down Donald Trump. It's the craziest thing ever, but it's media hype trying to get you to watch the TV and buy all the products. That's the way they keep you watching the news and selling newspapers. Remember this. This year alone, there have been 35 million cases of the flu. There are 14 cases of coronavirus. There have been 25,000 deaths due to the flu this year in America. Worldwide, on an average, there are a billion cases of the flu and a million deaths every year. Yesterday in America, 1,800 people died of heart disease. Another 155 people died in hospitals due to doctor-prescribed drugs. Millions of people die every year from dysentery, bowel disorders, and they die from malaria. Millions of people. And we're worried about 
the coronavirus? Really? It's ridiculous. They're trying to make you be sheeple. Herd you like sheep. You're people that herd like sheep. They call you sheeple. They want to scare you to death and make you worry about this when they're trying to do other nefarious and deceitful things behind your back. Stand strong and don't be buy into this uh, mass hysteria. The Bible says that God has given us a sound mind, not a spirit of fear, but a spirit of a sound mind. That means a thinking mind. And that's in 2 Timothy, I believe it's one seven. Check me on that. So have a sound mind. Think clearly. Think rationally. Don't get caught up in all this media hype and this hysteria that your neighbors and friends are talking about. The coronavirus, what's it going to do to us? That's my word today. I'm Dr. Hotsey. I'm sticking by it. Okay, thanks, Dr. Hotsey. I had, sorry about getting that name wrong. We're, we're working on uh, possibly getting Dr. Hotsey on the show tomorrow. I'll go into some depth on this. Anyway, when I was feeling sick uh, last week, I went to Dr. Google. Maybe you're aware of him, her, uh, and asked the difference between a cold and the flu. The difference was there's a fever with the flu. I didn't have one of those. So I sucked it up. I lived on DayQuil and NyQuil, as I always do when I get a bad cold, and here I am. But what's the difference between the run-of-the-mill flu and the coronavirus? So who would know better than that? Than uh, who would know better than Doctor Oz, who was on Fox today? It is a little different from the seasonal flu for two reasons. First off, coronavirus is a lot more contagious. Let me put some numbers on it that people can actually understand. Okay. If I have the regular old seasonal flu, Harris, I will pass it to nine people over the course of a week. If I have coronavirus, I'll pass it to 45 people. So if one person in a nursing home gets it, if there's a seasonal flu, maybe they'll get it, maybe they won't to their neighbor. If there's coronavirus, the neighbor's going to get it. They'll give it to, the, to their neighbors and so on and so forth, which is how Washington State happened. Can I hit the pause? Because I know you said there were two yeah. things that made it different from the flu. So I want to just tackle this first one. So we're, we're hand-washing. We're doing everything we can. Do we have an impact to mitigate the contagion that you just talked about, spreading it to 45 people? It, can we cut down on that with some of the things that we're doing? The best studies we have would indicate you can cut the risk in half, which is a big difference by why Washing your hands aggressively, just that one tactic by itself. So I actually feel pretty good about that. And if you feel like you've got action steps so you can change your risk inside your body, you can change the world outside of it. You're giving yourself power. And so hand washing absolutely works, but you got to do it right, which specifically means you have to wash your fingertips. So surgeons don't wash their wrists. We don't go to the OR like this and throw it in there and wash it off in five seconds. We are taught literally in medical school with all the pathology, anatomy, pharmacology. We're also taught to do this. Wash your fingers, like the thumbs, uh-huh. your, in, your, the tips of your fingers. In, this is called greasing the palm. Right. You really have to, the Turkish twist, you go back and forth. <laughs> you have to clean the tips. But in and 20, your knuckles. And your knuckles. But it's yeah, because we're of your, pushing all those buttons with our knuckles yeah. now. But when your fingers touch your eyes, that's how you transmit it. So you, you dramatically impact on that. So that's the first big difference with okay. the... Uh, with number the, two. The, number two is this virus does appear to be a bit more deadly in, than, the, than the traditional old-fashioned flu virus. We're not sure yet. All my data is from the CDC of China, not the United States, because we don't have enough testing done in this country. But in China, once you got to age 60 with chronic illnesses, the numbers began to build quickly. For example, instead of a 0.2%, which is 2 in 1,000 risk for regular old people watching right now who are healthy, the, the flu is, by the way, 1 in 1,000. So it's twice the difference on average. Oh, but in older populations, it's 4% if you're in your 60s, and you double every decade. So 8% in your 70s. And in China, if you were over 80 with the virus, there was a 15% chance you would die. So you got that? Calm down. Wash your fingertips. And there you have it. Again, I'm not a doctor, but based on what I'm hearing now, it would be a pretty good time to buy airline tickets, from what I see, and buy stock. And also, be happy you're alive. You know, spring cleaning doesn't just mean the deep clean you do around the house once a year. You may want to do some tidying up for your business's digital marketing, and Salem Surround can help. Whether you're just getting started in the world of digital marketing or already have a plan that's not getting results, we give you all the right tools to surround your target audience and turn website visitors into website leads. Salem Surround provides your business with all your marketing needs under one roof. And face it, in 2020, if you're not effectively using digital media, you're behind 
behind the competition and losing sales. Salem Surround will help identify any weak points in your marketing strategy and consult with you to bring solutions that will meet your needs and exceed your expectations. Total market saturation for increased return on investment. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and to learn how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. At Harry's, we work day and night to make shaving enjoyable. We think we've got it down to a science, actually. It starts with the most important stuff, our five-blade cartridges. They're strong, sharp, and made in our world-class German factory. Our craftsmen are a meticulous bunch. They're obsessed with quality, which is why we offer a 100% money-back guarantee. As for the handle, it's grippy and weighted for extra control, even when wet. Lastly, we have this whole no-ripping-people-off policy which means we keep our prices fair every day. Take our blades. They cost as little as $2 each because we think more money in your pocket is as enjoyable as it gets. When you're ready to start shaving the enjoyable way, get your Harry starter set. It includes a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and travel cover, all for just $3. Free shipping included. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388 at checkout. Harry's, engineered for enjoyment. Like the rest of us, you're probably tired of all those annoying sales calls to your home telephone number. Now, there's a solution. OurOldNumber.com will block those pesky robocalls from getting through. And most live sales calls will hang up. So how does it work? Callers to your home telephone number will hear a personalized greeting from you. The caller selects the family member they wish to reach, and the call is immediately forwarded onto the family member's cell phone. There's no equipment to buy. There's nothing to install. No long-term contracts. It's still your phone number and remains in directory assistance. The service is only $9.99 per month, and you can eliminate your landline connection and save money. Now, calls to your home phone number can reach any member of the family wherever they are and get rid of those annoying sales calls. OurOldNumber.com. It's just $9.99 per month. Go to OurOldNumber.com to learn how you can get started blocking sales calls today. That's OurOldNumber.com. OurOldNumber.com. You'll be glad you did. Good morning, America. Or is it? If you're one of the millions of Americans who did not sleep well last night, it's probably a pretty average morning. But listen up, you sleep-deprived people. There's good news. A breakthrough sleep solution called Pronto Sleep. And when we say pronto, we mean pronto. Pronto Sleep gently opens your nose to focus breathing and help you relax and fall asleep. And the built-in scent diffuser delivers a blend of four pure essential oils to help you stay asleep naturally. And then Pronto replenishes the oils ready for the next night. Too easy, eh? And in trials, 84% of people with trouble sleeping found Pronto helped them fall asleep and 74% found it helped them stay asleep. So make every morning a... Good morning, America. With Pronto Sleep, available now at select Walgreens, Amazon, or at prontosleep.com. Pronto Sleep from RhinoMed, bringing you advanced nasal therapies. You're listening to The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Now we're going to go from um, sickness and drugs to sports and drugs uh, for a second here, if you don't mind. Uh, First of all, your friend Barry Bonds, the former pirate, who's now, hard to believe, he's 55 years old now. Um, I remember him sitting behind home plate at Three Rivers Stadium, um, either directly behind him or right next to him. And he had just been called up from, I think, the Pirates farm team in Hawaii. He was a young kid, and um, he, he was called up but wasn't activated yet, so he was watching the game before he, I guess it was the day before he was going to play in his first Major League game. And now he's 55 years old. I'll just give you an idea how old I am. Anyway, um, I thought this was interesting because uh, there's two things here, uh, uh, both p- two stories that involve steroids and uh, major sporting events, bonds obviously, uh, a major sporting event in him, in him is just him, he himself uh, with all the home runs he hit and the records he set and you know all that stuff. But uh, he was down. He's down in spring training. He's working as an instructor. Don't know why any team would want to have him around for anything. He's just one of the biggest creeps ever to play any sport at any time. 
Uh, and he didn't treat me badly, by the way. Uh, I never really had a problem with him. He just was just the way he treated everybody else. It was just they're just having. I don't know of anybody in sports a worse human being than Barry Bonds. Um, I mean, O.J. Simpson obviously goes, but I'm talking about not having committed serious crimes, just being a, a rotten creep. Anyway, uh, Barry says, according to Bleacher Report, that his heart is broken. It's really broken. He said Major League Baseball has given him a death sentence because he's not in the Hall of Fame. That's what he told uh, Bleacher Report. He's uh, he's missed out on uh, Hall of Fame induction eight times now. That's when he's been uh, eligible and not gotten enough votes. And he says, my heart's broken, really broken. Uh, he ranks fourth in Major League history in OPS uh, with 1.051. That's only behind Babe Ruth, Ted Williams, and Lou Gehrig, some pretty big names there. Uh, he's had more votes recently than he had been getting. He got 607 uh, or 60.7% uh, in 2020, but he was as low as 34.7 in 2014. you got to get 75% of the votes to get into uh, um, the Hall of Fame. i got a feeling he's going to eventually get in uh, one way or another, which will make me want to throw up, but he will. Uh, and he says, quote, if they don't want me, just say you don't want me and be done with it, he said of the Hall of Fame. Just be done with it. Uh, Bonds has two more chances to get on to the ballot. I hope he never gets in. Um, to me, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, but he deserves to not get what he deserves because of what he did, the steroids and the whole thing. And so it brings me to this other story, which has nothing to do with Barry Bonds, but it is a sport, and it has to do with... Um, performance-enhancing drugs. And I thought this was a pretty big story. Um, you know, the Kentucky Derby is coming up, what, in uh, is it, uh, it's May, I think. Uh, so it's like a month and a half away, two months away, Kentucky Derby. And you don't hear about horse racing much unless you're a real track fiend and like to go to the track. And you're not that many people pay attention to it outside of the Triple Crown season. Um, but um, it's, it's still a big thing in America. The tracks are full. People bet lots of money on them. Well, there's a story today uh, out of Louisville. Federal prosecutors from the U.S. Southern District of New York have filed charges against more than two dozen trainers, veterinarians, and drug representatives alleging an illegal scheme to administer performance-enhancing drugs to racehorses, including... The trainer of maximum security. That's the horse that finished first, remember, last year in the Kentucky Derby, but then was disqualified for interference. Uh, these creeps are giving the horses drugs to make them uh, perform better, which doesn't sound all that bad, maybe, except that it's that it's the overperforming that then leads to injuries, which then leads to them being having to be destroyed. Uh, court documents say the trainer, Jason Service, worked with others to, quote, procure and administer adulterated and misbranded PEDs for the purpose of doping several racehorses under services control, including maximum security. The indictments are the largest and most wide-ranging horse racing prosecution ever undertaken by the Department of Justice. Uh, a March 5, 2019, intercepted phone call between service and fellow defendant Jorge Navarro Recorded service recommending a performance-enhancing substance called SGF to Navarro, stating, I've been using it on everything, almost. i give you an idea. It's not just the Kentucky Derby. It's every race, uh, every night, at, every, uh, at Churchill Downs, anyway, uh, at tracks all over the country, all over the world. Another intercepted call includes service talking to a veterinarian, Christian Rhine. That's uh, uh, about plans to mask drugs given to maximum maximum security. That's the horse before the 2019 Pegasus Stakes uh, service is alleged to have discussed maximum security subsequent drug, drug test with another vet who agreed to falsify records to show the horse had received a different drug instead of the banned substance. Over the course of the scheme, participants manufactured, purchased, sold, shipped, delivered, received, and administrated and administered thousands of units of PEDs for use on racehorses, according to the U.S. Attorney Jeffrey Berman. That's what he wrote in the documents. Among those charged, Michael Kegley Jr., a sales director for Kentucky-based Medivet Equine, 
He's alleged to have marketed and sold a drug called SGF-1000 that was compounded and manufactured in unregistered facilities and, in the words of prosecutors, quote, may cause racehorses to perform beyond their natural abilities, thereby increasing the risk of injuries. These guys all deserve a good kick in the groin by one of these uh, racehorses. Good one. Uh, Churchill Downs responded to the news today in this statement. This is what Churchill Downs says. Criminal behavior or actions that put the well-being of horses at risk, such as the disappointing developments revealed by the U.S. Southern District of New York today, will not be tolerated at Churchill Downs. <coughs> Excuse me, I, this is my cough from my cold. I didn't mean to cough there. We remain committed to protecting the integrity of our racing product and upholding the confidence of our fans and participants. No, they don't. And then the Jockey Club, an organization steeped in horse racing history, um, says, quote, the Jockey Club understands that this investigation and their criminal investigation and related prosecutions will be painful and controversial, but the integrity of the sport and the health of all racehorses demanded action. From this point forward, it will be critical to the future of the sport that the reforms that are so badly needed are pressed forward by all segments of the industry. Now, that what that statement right there tells you that the jockey club knows that this is the proverbial tip of the iceberg. It's just starting. You think these are the only people doing it at the the big tracks for the big races? Well, there's money involved. There's bets being placed. Um, you can win a lot of money by putting a lot of money on a horse. And if you give that horse uh, a little injection or some kind of a drug that get, in, increases his or her chances of winning a race, you get more money. And then when that horse wins races, your horse... That horse becomes much more valuable for breeding, worth lots and lots of money, millions and millions of dollars if you're talking about horses getting up into the triple crown uh, category, uh, winning the Preakness or the, or the, uh, the uh, Belmont or the Kentucky Derby. This is nasty. And these horses, uh, beautiful animals. I'm, a, I'm an animal guy. I don't like this. I hate this kind of stuff. And so I hope every one of these people who's... Uh, guilty of this, pays a gigantic price, including jail time, if that's possible. Um, uh, and and I have another story here. I don't have time to get into it too much right now, but this I also saw this today. Um, this came from Australia, and the headline is, Why We Don't Support Horse Racing. And uh, it's, a, it's a big story about how these horses are just used up, uh, they're br- they're bred to make these magnificent animals that can win all this money, but you know the winner of the Kentucky Derby is only th- uh, they're three year olds. That's who races in these big races. These horses live to be twenty five, thirty years old, and after they are no longer useful for racing, they're they're uh, mistreated. They're allowed to wither and die, and um, these people are bad people that do this. And the and the thing is that so many of them. When you see them, I'm talking again, of course, of the 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 horses races that people pay attention to, like the Kentucky Derby. They're all showing how much they love the horses, and they're slobbering all over them as though they actually have a a love for the animal itself. They love racing, but if they're doing this stuff, they don't love horses. And um, so, and th- this this organization in Australia is calling for the end of horse racing. Here's one of the things that I read about that they do. Uh, whipping, it says, is likely, likely to inflict, uh, inflict pain and distress on horses. That's one thing. But they use tongue ties. It's a piece of nylon or elastic that is wrapped tightly around the horse's tongue and tied to the lower jaw to keep the tongue in place during a race. Tongue ties cause pain, anxiety, and distress, difficulty swallowing, cuts, and laceration to the tongue, bruising and swelling. The restrictions of blood flow by the tongue tie use can cause the tongue to turn blue and can result in permanent tissue damage. Why they do that, I don't know, but they're doing it, and I'm, I'm done with horse racing. I've seen enough of it. I hope it goes away. Don't you go away. We'll be right back.
With SRN News, I'm John Scott. A cruise ship with a cluster of coronavirus cases has arrived at a port in the San Francisco Bay Area after it was forced to idle off the California coast for days. The Grand Princess pulled into the port of Oakland. It's unclear how many travelers would get off the ship. The captain told passengers that not everyone would. Americans will be transported to military bases in California, Texas, and Georgia to be tested for the COVID-19 virus in quarantine. People from other nations will be whisked home. Global stock markets and oil prices plunging today after a fight among major crude-producing nations jolted investors who were already on edge about the surging cost of the virus outbreak. The benchmark U.S. crude price was down over 20%. The Dow fell 2,014 points today. The Nasdaq off 624. The S&P dropped 225. This is SRN News. From the creators of I Could Only Imagine and Mercy Me's Bart Miller. Now we have an artist who's had 32 number one singles. Let's welcome Jeremy Camp. On March 13th. They're getting married. I'm supposed to be with her. I can't explain it. I just know that. Based on the inspiring true story. He chose to walk into the fire with her. That's what love is. I still I still believe. Starring KJ Apa, Rick Robertson, Shania Twain, and Gary Sinise. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. In theaters March 13th. Go to IStillBelieveMovie.com. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic, and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. Larry Elder sees the Democrats taking credit for this economy. I find it fascinating that Obama and the Democrats are taking credit for this economy. Remember what they said that uh, Trump would do to the economy? And how many times have you heard them say that President Trump has been, quote, undoing Obama's legacy? If he's undoing Obama's legacy, how do you take credit for having undone his legacy? The Larry Elder Show, weeknights at 7 on AM 1250. The Answer. Your local volunteer fire department desperately needs you. Can you direct traffic, install a smoke alarm, help at fundraisers? Then your community could use your help. You don't have to fight fire to be a volunteer. Visit volunteerfirefighteralliance.org. When you've got water, fire, or smoke damage, there's no debate. You have to vote yellow. Call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Our team is ready to help 24 hours a day. Demand the yellow van. Service Politics can be, well, dirty. That's one mess Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh can't clean up. But we've got you covered on everything else, from water damage to smoke and fire damage. The man, the yellow van, called Service Master. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Writing an estate plan is one thing. Having the experience to administer the estate is something else. At Abernathy and Hagerman, estate administration isn't a side job, it's what we do. You have the same goals we all do, to protect your assets, to minimize taxes, and ensure your inheritance gets to the ones that you love. How you get there, that's specific to you. So let's talk. Hagerman Law, legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. The Allegheny Institute's research, education, and advocacy have steadfastly worked to defend taxpayers and businesses against the inefficiency and intrusiveness of ever-expanding, burdensome government since 1995. And this year, Greater Pittsburgh's trusted source for sound public policy analysis is celebrating its 25th anniversary. Join the fight today by making your tax-deductible contribution at AlleghenyInstitute.org. That's AlleghenyInstitute.org. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on The Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got The Answer. No shortage of delays on the Parkway West inbound. It's all jammed up onto a run road to 6079 down to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Total extra 20 minutes there to get through it. And on the outbound side, and that is all solid for the 79 to near Campbell's Run Road because of an earlier accident just cleared out. Outbound to Parkway East crawling along Boulevard of the Allies to Edgewood Swissvale. And inbound Edgewood Swissvale to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer. Weather. 
mild tonight with rather cloudy skies and occasional rain and drizzle late with a low 49. Breezy tomorrow with more rain and a high 58. Tomorrow night, rather cloudy during the evening, then partly cloudy late with a low 31. Wednesday, increasing cloudiness with a passing afternoon shower and a high 51. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. Well, we like to keep our eye on what's going on on college campuses uh, these days around here. We've uh, found out about a lot of stupidity. What we haven't found on college campuses is a lot of tolerance for non-liberal viewpoints. Evita Duffy found that out in a big way about all that intolerance because she had the nerve to say publicly that socialism is a really bad idea. She's a sophomore at the University of Chicago. She joins us now. Evita, thanks for being here. Hi, great. It's great to, uh, great to have you. Great to be here as well. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, first of all, first thing I have to ask you is um, I was told that you had to do this interview a little early and we're recording it because you have a meeting with the Dean of Students. Is that related to this story? Yes, it is related to the story. Um, I'm just you know, meeting with the Dean of Students to talk about talk with them about some of the violent um, feedback that I've gotten from my from my peers and making sure that they're aware of that and hopefully um, we can make sure that everybody on campus is, you know, safe. Let's start with this. What um, what was the whiteboard um, initiative or whatever it was called that you were involved in that got so, this all started? Yeah, so the whiteboard initiative is just an IOP, the Institute of Politics um, for our school. It's like a, a, pro- a project where they take students of different political beliefs and they write in a whiteboard that says, I vote because blank. And then the student will fill in whatever for whatever reason they they vote. Um, and then they, the IOP has been, the Institute of Politics has been sharing those photos of the students with their whiteboards on all their social media. Um, and many of the, the um, things that were written by students were um, very left-leaning, saying, I vote because um, health care is a right. I vote because I believe children shouldn't be locked in cages. I believe, I, um, I, or I, I vote because um, I believe in Medicare for all. And I said, I vote because um, the coronavirus won't destroy America, but socialism will. And that is when the backlash um, and firestorm of negative feedback began. Well, that would lead someone to believe that socialism is pretty popular around campus then. if that, uh, Because what you yes. said, I mean, even if you disagree with it, to get that upset about it, you, they seem to be more upset with the fact that you seem to be condemning socialism more so than that you disagree with them. Right, and and I think that you know that that is you know, and I I think that that's the real reason why I um, received most of the backlash. Some of the people who were um, you know uh, didn't like what I had to say said that it was because it was racist or xenophobic against Chinese people somehow um, because I brought up the coronavirus. I think that that's I think that's silly, and I think it's because they're hiding behind um, you know sentiments of, of or being socialist and being upset that I was critiquing socialism in my whiteboard, you know, initiative. Yeah. Well, like the, the Institute of Politics, the Chicago's University of Chicago's Institute of Politics, the IOP, what is their, what is their um, goal? What's their purpose for having this initiative where they have students write their opinions on a whiteboard and, and if people aren't expected to have some disagreements about them? What, or are they expecting everybody to have the same opinion? Right. I mean, the, the IOP is, is nonpartisan, and so they, I mean, that was that was the point of, of them asking me to do the project was so that they could get, you know, an alternate perspective. But, I mean, if that's the goal of the IOP, that doesn't necessarily mean that the rest of the student body um, agrees with it. And so even if the IOP is there to showcase everyone's perspectives and opinions, it doesn't mean that the student body is going to tolerate that, which I think is really unfortunate, especially at a school that has been so um, so publicly um, supportive of free speech um, in American college campuses. So um, you wrote this um, op-ed at the um, Chicago Maroon. Is that the, the University of Chicago student newspaper? Yep, it's it's the school newspaper, um, and a lot of you know a lot of people on, on the university and uh, student body read it. And people said, uh, at least I've you know people that I you know had you know look at my mm-hmm. op-ed said, oh, you should take it somewhere else. And I said, no, I want to take it to my school newspaper because this is important 
for our school community to, to read um, because that, this is who it's really, you know, it's, it's about. And this is who needs to, you know, kind of shift their, their attitude towards all of their perspectives is this, you know, apparently very intolerant student body. Yeah, I want to read what you, what you wrote. Um, fellow students attacked my character, my intellect, my family, my appearance, even threatened me with physical violence using foul and offensive language. I was called a racist, a xenophobe. Some compared me to animals. Others declared that uh, they would personally stop me from voting. Many defended the personal attack, saying I deserve to be bullied and that I don't belong at the University of Chicago on account of my beliefs. I was told by many that I was the most hated person on campus. It was frightening. It was also hurtful. This is my favorite part. Since some of the attacks came from people I considered friends. These are your friends yeah. reacted to this? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I mean, they, I mean, they came from everyone. But the ones that were most hurtful came from people who I consider to be my friends, which is, I think, really sad and says a lot about civility, not only on college campuses, but in America, that you can't, you know, say... You can't look past a political belief and say, hey, this is a person and this is, you know, someone who I'm friends with. You have to, you know, go online and join in and pile on to this really, um, really disappointing and unproductive um, negativity. So your dad, uh, Sean, uh, is a former U.S. representative, congressman? Yeah, that's correct. Um, So I was, until I saw that, I wasn't aware of that until a little bit ago, um, I was going to ask you why you would be in the minority, well, in such a minority in a place like the University of Chicago, why is it that you seem to understand everything you should understand about uh, socialism? But uh, that kind of explains it to me. Uh, you grew up in a house where, uh, in a, with a father who understands why America is what America is and why co- mm-hmm. uh, communism and socialism is a bad thing. Why don't the other kids on campus know that? Well, you know, it's, it's it's tough to say. I mean, I think that part of it is, is indoctrination of the school system. I mean, we've, you know, for the last 50 years, you've seen, you know, the left has really taken over um, the university school system and not even just the university system, but in high school and even in middle school. This is the kind of rhetoric that I was being fed. Um, socialism, capitalism, one's not better than the other. Sometimes socialism is better than the other. I mean, it's for me, I've been able to kind of have a good moral compass because of the way that I was raised. But if you don't have that kind of background at home, it's really difficult not to, you know, fall in line with this kind of thinking. Um, and do you think that there are more kids on campus who agree with you who are afraid to speak up and let people know yeah. how they really feel because of the reaction that you got? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that that's that's a great that's a great point because some of the feedback that I've gotten has been people saying, hey, I'm really glad that you said what you did um, because I don't feel comfortable expressing how I feel online because of this. And I don't feel I don't even feel comfortable going to a college Republicans meeting or even any sort of conservative group that we have on campus because they're afraid of the kind of backlash that they'll get from the majority of students, which I think is, is really sad um, and not what college is about. I mean, college is about, you know, exploring different ideas um it's about discussing and, and having conversations and and if you if we can't even have a conversation without becoming violent i think we have a real problem on our hands in the university system we're talking to avita duffy she's a sophomore at the university of chicago who had the nerve to uh, publicly uh, in a public forum that was uh, encouraged by the university of chicago to uh, she was she had the nerve to say that she didn't think uh, socialism was a really good idea. Uh, apparently on a college campus, that can get you uh, some really bad uh, feedback. And, and um, y- you say in your piece here that as of this writing, uh, the administration and the IOP have not come to my defense. Mm-hmm. So, so following my op-ed, they did come to my defense um, after I think they received a little bit of heat um, because fortunately my op-ed you know, got a lot of attention mm-hmm. and they felt they needed to respond. But I think that what's, what's sad about it is that if, you know, if a lot of times people who don't write op-eds don't, you know, get a lot of attention from it, they just are kind of bullied into silence. And it's, it, that's a truly sad thing. What is your major, uh, Avita? I am an American history major um, and then also a Spanish minor. So. so, and what is your, what do you want to do when you get out of school? You know, that's, that's tough to say. Um, <laughs> who knows I when you're a sophomore, I know it. 
Right. I mean, I what if if you could, if I could give you, you know, a guess of something I, something I think I want to do, I think I want to be a teacher because I think that um, part of what part of what uh, is so important on campus is to have professors who are willing to tolerate um, free speech and free expression in the classroom. And I think that you know that's something that I think is really important and something that I really want to be a part of um, changing on the university on university um, campuses. So. You know, if I could, if I could be a teacher, I think that would be a really wonderful thing. Well, it would seem to me that on a college campus, that um, even if the even if the faculty, which I'm I'm guessing 98 percent of of, the, of whom uh, disagree with your whiteboard, mm-hmm. uh, even on a college campus, they should see tremendous value in what's happening here, and for because of for, because of the learning experience for everybody, beginning with you. Uh, and right. and but but what do you think their reaction is? Do they do they resent what you did? Do they think it's a good teaching moment? What, how do they look at it? You know, I've I haven't really gotten a lot of feedback from professors. Um, I've gotten feedback from one professor who said, you know, I'm really glad that you said what you did, and I think free speech is important on this campus. I've gotten a lot of feedback from alumni. Actually, is what it's been. People who graduated in the 60s and 70s and 80s who have said, listen, this isn't the kind of campus that we, you know, experienced when we were here. It's, this is actually really disheartening and it's very, it's a, it's a very serious problem. Um, and so that's been more of the kind of feedback that I've been getting from very disturbed alumni, um, you know, professors I haven't heard as much from, but I mean, I think that it is important for them to, to, to hear and to read about because, you know, this is a big issue on campus and in their classrooms that there are students who are afraid to say what they think. Did I read that uh, a famous professor, a day, Axelrod, uh, yes, came forward for you? Yes, Axelrod. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the former Obama um, advisor, right? Yes, he is. And what did he, he is say? He's the director of the IOP. He, he's the director of the IOP, and he said, um, you know, that as, as controversial as my statement might have been, um, that threats to violence personal attacks are are not okay on campus and are are not productive and um he he did come to my defense which i'm very grateful for although i will say that it did it did come after my op-ed um so i just i worry about what will happen if someone you know doesn't stand up for themselves will the university come to their defense now, what's interesting, and I, I know you, you use the word controversial. If he said, uh, did he think that what you said was controversial? So he, in his in his piece, he said that um, the coronavirus the coronavirus part of my um, whiteboard statement was understand would like understandably elicit you know some negative feedback from students. I don't, I per, which to me kind of you know alludes that maybe he thinks it's controversial. I mean, personally, I think if you went to um, anywhere else in America, you know, you'd say this is not controversial. But on a statement or on a campus where yeah. you know it's very left-leaning, any little inkling of conservatism is controversial, mm-hmm. um, which is also a sad thing as well. You know, uh, and uh, again, what you wrote was, "I vote because the uh, coronavirus won't destroy America." But socialism will. I'm, I'm looking for something controversial there. The only thing that I, I mean, do you th- are you supposed to think that the virus is going to destroy America, or are you supposed to think that socialism won't? I, I don't. I mean, I don't think that either one's a controversial opinion. Even if you right, disagree with I, it, it's not yeah. controversial. Right, I, and I, that's what that's why I think that you know the the whole coronavirus is racist or xenophobic is really just a way to hide behind those terms because they don't want to have an honest debate about the virtues of socialism versus capitalism. Um, and, and that's really, it's, it's, it's unfortunate, and it's also intellectually dishonest. Um, because tell me why you're really upset about what I said, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just it's unfortunate. Well, uh, tell me, Avito, I mean, I, I'm an old guy. I went to college a long time ago. And I went. I went during a time when there was a lot of controversy on campus. People demonstrating against the Vietnam War and civil rights, and it was a. Uh, there was a lot of that going on, and most of it was out in the open. But still, I, I don't remember people hating each other over their over their uh, political opinions. Uh, people were still in college. You know, I, I, at least I was there mostly to have a good time and maybe learn something in the process, and. Um, I mean, what, what's what is the what is it like on a college campus now? Is there is there constant turmoil over people's political beliefs? 
Or is it just because we see it publicized that we maybe get a, a feeling that there's more of it than there actually is? You know, I, I would say that it's it's more fear is what it is from conservative students on campus. I think that you don't hear these I mean, stories like this one. Conservative students are afraid to stand up and write an op-ed like I did. They usually are just bullied into silence. And I think that, you know, you... You, people don't even want to say these controversial, well, controversial in quotes things like socialism is bad because, you know, simply they're afraid of, of the backlash that they're going to receive from professors in the classroom or for students and peers online. I mean, it's just, it's, it's become a very sad place and a, a place that um, is not open to, to free expression and free thought, which is what college is supposed to be all about, right? I mean, it's, yeah. it's just, a, it's, it's an unfortunate thing. And it's something that I think that Americans need to say, hey, like, even if we don't agree with each other, we need to really fix the way that our college system is functioning. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, call me crazy, but uh, I would think that a college is where that's, this kind of stuff is supposed to be hashed out. We are supposed exactly. to encourage clashes between two opinions. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole point of it. I only have a little bit less than a minute left. Um, you uh, Here you are on the radio in Pittsburgh because of your little op-ed in the Chicago University of Chicago newspaper. How much more um, attention have you gotten other than from me, I mean, media-wise? Well, I mean, I think one of the best, uh, one of the for me, one of the most personally gratifying um, feedback that I've gotten is Nikki Haley retweeted my, um, my Maroon article, which I thought was just awesome because she's a really um, powerful and wonderful woman in, um, in conservatism and obviously the ambassador to the UN, which is amazing. Um, so that's been also, I think Megan McCain has also retweeted it. Um, she's a, a co-host on The View. Um, my parents have also been wonderful and, and um, you know, sharing as much as possible. But I, I think a lot of, I mean, a lot of the, the feedback that I've gotten has been from, you know, my Facebook post that I said, hey, can people in the school, can you guys, you know, like and share it? And people who agreed with me, they really did, um, you know, share it and, and get the word out, um, which I think is super important because this is really... Um, a look at how the college system has gone from education to indoctrination, and it's it's something that we all need to be concerned about and to start doing something about. Well, hey, Avita, I'm out of time, but um, a great job on the op-ed, and if you ask me, the University of Chicago ought to be using you as an advertisement for why (laughs) what's good about the University of Chicago, and uh, you did a great job. I really appreciate you coming on the radio with us. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. Okay, that's Avita Duffy, and we will be right back. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. And out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company, offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Mention STAG for an additional 10% off. Windows R Us, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday on the John Steigerwald Show. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. I'm doing all the right things, drinking plenty of water, eating right, exercising. But month after month, my constipation with belly pain, straining, and bloating keep coming back. Irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC, affects 13 million Americans. Linzess, linaclotide, is a prescription medication that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess helps relieve belly pain and lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor and learn more at linzess.com. That's L-I-N-Z-E-S-S dot com. Or call 1-800-LINZESS. Sponsored by Allergan Pharmaceuticals and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. Texting privacy policy and terms and conditions are posted at textrules.us. Texting and roles for recurring automated marketing text messages, message and data rates may apply. Hi, I'm Tom from K11 and I have one question for you. What size socks are you wearing right now? 
If you're like everyone else I've asked, you simply don't know. How could you? That's because until now, socks were made in one size fits all or just a couple of sizes to fit every size foot. But not at Kane 11. We make our socks in 11 individual sizes from 7 to 17. That's right, 7 to 17. Great looks and colors to fit everyone's lifestyle. From cotton to wool or anything in between, Kane 11's got the perfect sock for you. Better yarns, better quality, just a better sock. If you don't love them just like we do, send them back for a full refund. That's the Kane 11 promise. Once you wear a pair of Kane 11's, I guarantee you'll never go back to wearing socks in multi-size ranges again. Save 20% off your first order when you text SOCKS to 246810. That's text SOCKS. To 246810. Text SOCKS to 246810. I'm Andy Solomon. Rideshare platforms have evolved to provide riders with even better experiences. Sheriff John Wetzel, chairman of the National Sheriff's Association Traffic Safety Committee and former president of the International Association of Chiefs of Police, explains. Companies like Lyft are making rider safety a priority by continuously screening their drivers. Before getting into any car, riders should match the license plate, car model, and driver's name with what's shown in the app. During your ride, you can share your location and route with your family and friends. According to Wetzel, communities where Lyft is available have also seen lower rates of impaired driving and fatal crashes. For example... Miami-Dade police announced that there was a 65% decline in impaired driving arrest in 2017 compared to the four prior years, thanks in part to ride-sharing. Nationally, 71% of Lyft riders say they are less likely to drive while impaired because of the availability of ride-sharing services. For more information, visit Lyft.com. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, we uh, spent the first uh, part of the show talking about the uh, coronavirus and what appears to be um, unnecessary, uncalled for hysteria and panic. Well, it's uh, not getting any better. I just saw on Twitter from Adrian Warnowski of uh, ESPN, concerns are escalating among owners and executives that more drastic steps could be taken for the league including games played with only essential personnel in arenas. No fans, just games. Total and complete panic. I don't get it. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think so. See you tomorrow. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group.